Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sport and the connection to the land. On Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Collier's Rural and Agribusiness. Licence REAA 2008. Yes, the relationship between sports in New Zealand and the land we live on runs as deep as anything. It's impossible to ignore that our beautiful and unique surroundings of vast and rural communities have helped shape and mould the Kiwi identity many of most successful athletes have used to reach the top of their craft. Driving hours to training, using work on the farm, as time in the gym and developing resilience and mental fortitude whilst working, the land is all part of growing up in rural New Zealand. For Matthew Grayling, chasing the sporting dreams has always been a balance between the arduous and never-ending commitment of being a dairy farmer. Matthew, he competed in the 2004 Athens Olympics and has been one of New Zealand's top equestrian talents for decades, but he's also not Mr. Carving in decades. How good. <laughs> I've been on plenty of dairy farms down in Taranaki, and that's where Matthew is at the moment in the milking sheds. Morena, mate. How are you going? Good morning, guys. I'm very good. Lovely morning it is up here. Man, how big is your farm yeah. and whereabouts are you down there in Taranaki, Matthew? Uh, we're in Okato, so we've got um, 240 hectares, roughly 600 cows, and um, so that keeps us out of, out of trouble most days. And, um, Talk to me. Yeah, so it's Talk a to us. Lo- lovely spot. Lo- Sorry lovely about that. spot. Uh, Sorry, Matthew. I was going to jump in. Sorry, Matthew. I went a bit early, as we do, because it's nice and early. But you'll be used to early mornings, mate. So there you go. Talk. To, what do you like? What goes on on this dairy farm for us novices that uh, have absolutely no idea? Can you talk us through a day milking the cows? What goes on? Oh well, standard day for us is probably up at around the four thirty at the moment. Cups on at five, and. Um, Oh, this time of the year, we've got a few other jobs to do with uh, cropping and regrassing after milkings in the morning, and then we get back into it in the afternoon. But I, I have to fit a, a few hours in between the milkings to be able to go and ride some horses. That's exactly uh, right. In in between fencing as well, Matthew, isn't it? In between fixing up the fences, doing a bit of grubbing, you know, um, and putting a little bit of time in with your family. It's a beautiful spot you are down there, or cut I'm from Waitara, so I know. Well, um, probably go past your farm when I'm heading down there for a surf at Punio Road. Just take us a little bit, you know, when were you at your peak of your sporting career? How did you find the balance of being able to sort of be committed to both, um, you know, that part of your world, which is farming and, of course, equestrian? Well, I think I suppose at the Athens Olympics we were uh, going not too bad to get there. And um, we've got to say that farming gives you the mental aptitude, I reckon, to uh, handle top-level sport. Because, you know, people know in farming there's so many variables and things go wrong quite regularly. And uh, to learn to adapt and get on with it uh, and not dwell on things and just move on, I think it's helped uh, at the top end for my sport anyway. Um a lot, so uh, yeah, I've been reasonably, uh, I suppose, blessed that I've had a, a good life being able to do a bit of both. 
And, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's uh, a good balance, and I, I'm still a, a great fan of perhaps having a balance away from the top end of sport as well, if you can do that and have something else which um, takes your mind off it. Gives you another interest and fresh keeps you fresh, I reckon. <laughs> you need those other interests, mate. They call me hobbies, Dag, for a reason. I love me hobbies. And obviously <laughs> equestrian is your, one of your special hobbies. Like, How special was it going to the Olympics and becoming a part of New Zealand team and especially in the sport? We have such rich history in. Oh, well, there's a bit of a privilege, I suppose, to turn up at Athens from, you know, I think I was 40 at that stage, one of the older Olympians. And, um, you know, to come from a background of just, uh, like I say, being on the land, being a dairy farmer and still being able to compete at that top end, uh, it's, uh, yeah, quite satisfying, actually, to be able to front up against all those ones on the other side of the world. Mate, this, it's quite a big, um, like it's a, obviously a big horsing community, you know, we've got the, the racetrack up there at Pukekota Park and, you know, the big farming yep. area and lots of equestrians. Do you get to, like we've had some really good uh, equestrians from Taranaki, haven't we? Do you get to, to, to work with them most of the time when you do have your spare time um, down there off the farm? Oh, well, we try and, uh, yeah, help along with a lot of the people. I mean, when I was over at Athens, we had Helene Tompkins, from Aukra there to uh, give us a hand as well. So she's another good top uh, Taranaki girl, and um, she's she's on the land at Rotorua these days. So, um, But there's lots of talent coming through, and it's just nice to see it there and to be able to work with them. And um, the, the, Probably for eventing, the numbers are just dropping off just a little bit more these days. Mm. Perhaps um, people aren't into quite the high risk, <laughs> perhaps. But uh, there are still a, a great number of young ones coming through, especially around the country. What, why so, is that? Yeah. What, why, is it, why are the numbers um, wavering, mate? Like, why are they dwindling down to, to what they are t- today? Like, we've always had uh, rich history in the, in the great sport of equestrian, show jumping, you know, horse racing, everything that is part of the equine yep. industry. have always been very successful, but you, you're just saying that it, it is dropping off. Why is that? Well, I, I think there's a lot of other things that people are doing and they do like their free time a bit more and the costs are certainly getting up, you know, for the average family um, to run a horse and a business or the trucks and getting to events. It's, you know, the cost of living, it's, it's uh, quite a huge um, commitment and you have to put a lot on the line, like any sport. <clears throat> Mate, how, how, do you, how does your understanding of stock through the farming background help you with the way that you sort of can um, get those horses to, to do what you, what you want them to do when you need it? Well, I suppose I, well, it's amazing. The horse industry and the horse business we're in, uh, you get better with age, don't you, like a lot of things. And uh, your temperament probably gets better and uh, you can handle the situations and the, the animals, I'm certainly a lot better than I was when I was 21, and uh, I can um, handle the animals better, I can read them better, uh, you understand them better, and, you know, dealing with cows, which are a bit unpredictable as well, you learn learn when to push and when not to push, and it's the same with the horse, you have to learn some days you just don't push, and uh, take, a, take a deep breath and um, move on to something else, because they are, uh, as I say, 
not quite like a bike or a, uh, a tennis racket or anything, and um, they have their own minds at times, so you have to learn to work around that and perhaps adapt daily some days, and, um, and knowing every day is not going to be a good day. Well, are you still yeah. are you still competing? Are you still involved in oh. in the sport in some sort of way? I am. I am. I've uh, I went to Australia with one horse back in June for um, a Trans Tasman competition, nice. and um, so we'll be aiming for the national three day this year, which is at Taupo for the national championships. So we're still uh, still trying to hang in there to keep the young ones honest. Uh, so yeah, we, while I can with uh, the horse I've got, it's going um, not too bad, and the body's holding up. I had a hip replacement back in November, and it's come through pretty well. So we're back on board. Well done, well done, Matthew. Hey, Matthew, just uh, just off the subject, tech, tech left here. Do uh, do you miss the old Orcato yep. uh, Tavern being closed down? Oh, down the down the local pub. Oh, yes, it used to uh, be a good watering hole and a good game of pool and. Um, stuff like that on the way through and uh <laughs> so yeah think, think, things do change uh over the time don't they or um and it's uh, i suppose for the far communities um central points are quite good sometimes they go on about mental well-being and all this but sometimes having places to stop and meet is uh good good for the district and um as long as it's taken uh done correctly <laughs> Been been a few long nights down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome! I just had my daughter coming in, and she's she's crying, Matthew, and she loves horses, mate. So, any bit of advice oh. for a, for a dad out there that is potentially going to go down that track, or any advice for a young, you know, question eventer jumping, whatever that is, it is uh, looking forward to to getting into the industry. Oh, well, it's certainly a big time commitment and um, I think it mm. certainly teaches the young ones a, uh, to look after something and it's a commitment to go out and look after it, feed it, ride it and if they want to compete, that's fine and then you have to get a little bit more serious and then it's uh, mum and dad uh, have to um, step up a little bit more to have some early mornings <laughs> and a bit more travel. Just be honest, how less, much does it less, cost, less mate? Less what, which for? <laughs> you need a dairy farm bagger. You need a dairy farm mate. I know. Let, let's no. say if, if you're play, play, paying your golf sub, that probably looks quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I love my golf, so maybe I'll just try and steer in the. Yeah, yeah. Steer in a different direction. Make more money playing golf too, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, hey Matthew. Yeah, hey, a, thank you. It's a long hard. Hey, thank you so much, mate. I know that you've got plenty to do on the farm and some horses to go and ride, yep. so we won't uh, keep we any more of your time. Thank you so much for, for coming on our show on SENZ, Matthew Grayling. Uh, well done for your career, and your career continues, and, and keep up the great work on the farm. Um, just just try and do your best to drop those milk prices, mate. It's getting pretty ridiculous, eh? So thank you so much. Oh, no, no. We're looking the other way. Thanks, guys. Radio. Sport and the connection to the land on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Collier's Rural and Agribusiness. Licence REAA 2008. 
Yes, welcome back. It's time to talk boxing and it's time to celebrate a Kiwi boxer laying it all out there this weekend in a bid to become a champ. David Light has been flying under the radar his whole career and it seems to be that way again as he steps into the ring on Sunday to take on Lawrence Ocoli in Manchester as he tries to become the man in the WBO cruiserweight division. Isaac Peach is the West Auckland trainer who has been tasked with preparing light, and he's with us on the line now. Morning, Isaac. How you doing? Hey, guys. Good, man. Evening here. <laughs> yeah. All settled in and nicely over there in London, Manchester, mate. This has come around quick, and now we're only a couple of days out. How's preparations been? I think the good, man. We've been here for a week now. Um, just get, mm. kind of got used to the time difference, and preparations are great, man. We're ready to go. What's his mindset, mate? Like, David Light, he's 20-0. He's a genuine chance here, and I don't think Lawrence has, has actually taken him seriously from what the article's on ready, mate. So can he go in and, and surprise and knock this bugger out? <laughs> man, we're here for no other reason than to win this world title, man. We're focused. We're, we're ready to go. Look, we're, we're going to win this. We're going to win this, and we, we, we don't care. Like, over here, I mean... The English media and people in that, they, they can say what they want, but at the end of the day, David and Lawrence are going to do their thing in the ring. And to be honest, I think Lawrence has, has well overlooked us, and it's a blooming dangerous thing to do. Yeah. Hey, Isaac, what, what's the preparation been like? Like, what have you put into to David, and, and uh, what is it that a colleague brings that you, you need to be aware, wary of? The preparation with David, I mean, we, we always get David as fit as hell. Like David's a beast when it comes to his fitness and his, his strength and his determination. All those things, all those boxes are ticked off. Um, Akoli hasn't been tested. We're, we're going to give him the biggest test and the biggest shock he's ever had. And we're going to maul him. We're going to attack him. We're going to beat him. We're going we're gonna to do everything possible to beat him. Um, Akoli's biggest strength, obviously, he's six foot five. He punches extremely hard, and at distance, he's dangerous as hell. So, we need, to, we need to get inside all that, and we need to make it a dogfight, which we're going to. Make it a dogfight. The old Kiwi attitude. I absolutely love it. Get in his face and keep the pressure on. Like, what is David's biggest weapon? When we're watching on Sunday here in, in New Zealand or, or March the 25th over in Manchester, and we look for that fight and we see some weapons coming out of David, what are they? Well, look, again, David's going to maul him. David's going to bring him into, like, the pressure and the, the amount of fighting Lawrence is going to have to do in this fight. There's probably more than all his fights put together if we have it our way. Um, but you can hear it now. He's going to knock him out with a short right hand, I'm telling you. Is, is he will knock him out with a short right hand. Is that arrogance from a colleague? Is that, is that winding your boy up at the moment? Is David sitting in his room going, you keep, you keep talking, I'm just going to stay quiet here and go out there and do the job? Bro, David's the weirdest guy you've ever met. David will be in his room now, hungry <laughs> and doing crosswords. He'll be doing crosswords and he won't even be thinking about a colleague. Like, David, David couldn't give a shit about any of that stuff. It's hilarious. I know, but he just doesn't care. I mean, I'm the one who gets wound up and wants to try to kill everybody, but David's just chill. He just couldn't care less. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good that's a good asset to to have. Really, you don't get uh, overwhelmed with the occasion. Like finding that balance in, in a fighter, it must be a good asset. But as a coach, like how do how do you coach that? How do you approach that to try and get that mongrel dog that you're after out of him? Yeah, 
do you know that when it comes to fighting, flick oh. that switch, he's ready to rip in. Oh, he's, he's, there's, no, there's no need to, to motivate him. Like, the motivation's there for him for a world title. And, I mean, David's mindset is once he gets in that ring, he will switch it on and he will become a beast. And our, our whole thing is, like, we don't want him to waste any energy till he has to, and that's in the ring, right? So getting all emotional and angry and fed up now is just draining energy. So hey, leave it, it to me. Hasn't he, hasn't, he, hasn't he flown under the radar, is it? You know, like he's 20 and, and zero. Has there been much media, been much coverage following David? Would this, mate, this, what, this is a massive fight for him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, never, it's coming from New Zealand, it's hard, and we haven't as much as we want, but we've had more than we've ever had before. I mean, look, David wins this fight, or when David wins this fight, then things are going to turn around, aren't they? He's going to become a star. It's a massive fight. Lawrence Coley, it's a crazy huge fight, and it's a fight we genuinely believe we're going to win. Mate, what's, what's the landscape of the cruiserweight division at the moment? Like, where is it? Because I feel like the cruiserweight, once Alexander Usyk left the division, it kind of, you know, flew on under the radar. Like, where's the division at at the, at the moment? In England, cruiserweight division's where it's at. Um, they've got a whole lot of guys. There's a, a, like, it's called Boxer over here. It's Eddie Hearn's rivals, Sky TV, and they've signed all the cruiserweights. So cruiserweight's a real big deal here. So if we win, we're coming back. We'll be fighting the next guy. This is where it's at with the, with the cruiserweight chat. Beautiful. Well, we know what Alexander Usyk was able to do. Could we potentially see David Lights taking a step up in the heavyweight division? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But look, we haven't, we're not thinking about anything but Lawrence Agoli at the moment. That, that's, that's, that's the end of our life at the moment. That, that's everything. Everything just, is Lawrence. Just on that, Isaac, because the you know you're talking about all the cruiserweights up in the UK being signed up to to obviously lucrative contracts. What what actually does this mean for David? Let's let's hypothetically say he wins this fight. Where does he go to from here? As far as I guess off off out of the boxing ring and inside it. Win this fight, man, then you're going for the next champion. So you want to unify the belts. That's what every boxer wants to do. So when we win this fight, that's what we'll be looking at doing. And you know, obviously there's stuff with sanctioning boys. You can go to heavyweight and get into their rankings easily in that because you're a champion at a lower weight. So that's an option too, is actually jumping into the heavyweights. All right, Isaac, you seem like a fun guy, mate. Get this fight done, get the job done. Post-match, celebrations. No, I don't drink, man, so we'll go out and have a feed. Um, and I'm on the next plane home to see my four kids. i got four little babies today, man, so we're on the first flight home. It's two weeks away, it's long enough. Yeah, beautiful. Hey, good luck this weekend, Isaac. Honestly, um, the whole of New Zealand is right behind David Light, 20 and 0, and hopefully he can go 21 and 0 and lift that title in the end. We know it's going to be a hell of a hell of a task ahead, taking on Lawrence in his own backyard, but you went to America and you got the job done there, so the confidence will be high. Good luck, Isaac, and, and to David. What, give them all our best and um, keep at those crosswords. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having Cheers, man. Awesome. There is Isaac Peach. He's the coach trainer for David Light. And it's crazy, Gimpy. Like, he has flown under the radar so much. Like, you remember, I think it was about a year ago when we spoke to.
the coach about it and we, we got him on and he went to over to America and he got the decision and the opposition's backyard. So he'll be full of confidence going into enemy's territory. So fo- so focused, they eh? Like, you know, to get, mm. to get the conversation going was like, mate, he's sitting in his room, he doesn't care, he just wants to fight and I'll tell you what, I've got him ready. Um, I, th- I just think that's a really dangerous position for Lawrence O'Coley to be in. You know, because he is, you're dead right, flying under the radar. He wants to go out there. And they can hit at that weight. That's, you know, it's, yeah. They're not going in there to tap um, tap each other and get through the rounds. They're going in there to knock each other out. So, as we know, it take, only takes one punch. This trip here could define David Light's career. Oh, 100%. Get it. Get it, David Light. We're right behind you here on SNZ. I know the whole of New Zealand, particularly Adam Fahey. He loves his boxing. And I know... Do have a, a real perspective on, on on David Light's opportunity and his chances going into the weekend? So, so Adam, if you're out there listening, flick us a message on double eight double three. We're showing our support for David Light as he takes on Lawrence Coley over there in Manchester, March the twenty fifth. We're going to shoot off. We're going to come back and we're going to talk some Super Rugby. Caring for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard, paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than an Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Mixed martial arts and combat sports, well, they're booming in Aotearoa, and as per usual, the Kiwis are on top of their game. Kai Kata France is the third-ranked UFC flyweight, and he's just released a brand-new docuseries on TV New Zealand called Caged. The show follows the training, life, and backstory of Kai as he tries to get himself to the top of the MMA world and lift that big old UFC belt. There are six episodes, and they've released this afternoon on TVNZ. Kai's been kind enough to join us this morning, give up a bit of his time in the middle of the camp, and chat on the show. Ketipeha koe e parata. How are you, Kai? Morena, ketipeha. Thank you for having me on board. Happy to be here. Hey, Kai, just, um, we'll get it out of the way first. You know, this docuseries, mate, just tell us a little bit about the show. Yeah, so um, the last, what, year, I've had cameras kind of following me around. Um, yeah, following my journey to a world title and, you know, the highs and lows that comes with, um, I guess, trying to go for a um, take on the world and, and um, you know, being a husband or father, uh, navigating my way through through life balancing all of that um, you get to kind of dive deeper and just not to the, my fight side of my life but uh, intimate moments you know with my wife interviews with my um, family my mum and dad how I actually ended up getting into fighting and how my upbringing kind of shaped the man I am today so yeah, you dive deeper into my culture me kind of reclaiming being Māori and, and um, going down um, back into my tupuna and my papa and um, yeah, you kind of get to see a bit of everything. So um, awesome to kind of be on a ma- uh, such a big platform and reach to a, a new audience and um, just humanising kind of what we do. Well, look, Kai, you've you've been through a hell of a lot in such a short period of time. I think people forget you're still you're still bloody young and you're still you know uh, crafting at what you're doing. Uh, what would a young 14-year-old Kai have said if he knew that there will be a TV series about him? Yeah, it's pretty surreal if you look back and see how far I've come. Um, 
yeah, that that fourteen year old boy that was shy, timid, um, I guess just vulnerable, being bullied in high school, uh, always been the smallest in this class. I guess I've always not um, looked at the negatives of situations. I've always tried to use it and harness it and fuel into something positive. And and I've just stuck at it. But when I first started the sport, it was for those reasons, just to build confidence. And that's um, the great things about martial arts. You build that, you know, inner strength where there's no team to hide behind, it's all on you. And you can see the physical results with the amount of effort that you're putting in. So, yeah, it's pretty um, pretty amazing to be from bully to be one of the best fighters in the world. But um, I guess my, my story needs to be told because it's relatable. It's, you know, every, yeah. every person that comes into um, my sport comes from any walk of life, you know. It doesn't matter how you started. But, yeah, it's just... Um, giving people I guess a feel-good story and the thing is I'm still in my my career it's just another chapter so many more uh stories to tell and and years to come but uh you've you you are a young man and mate etu tangata we have another good friend of ours Jay Gouldart that um talks about this tall poppy syndrome and we talk about it a lot me and Izzy on this show how, how have you experienced this growing up in New Zealand and throughout your career yeah, it's something that I've had to kind of deal with, especially being uh, Māori and um, I guess your upbringing, you've always been taught, you know, be humble about your achievements, don't, you know, celebrate too much. But I feel like that's the, the wrong message we should be sending. It should be embrace everything, you know, the good and the bad. Celebrate those wins, even if they're small, because they go a long way. Um, and you've got to have that self-belief long before anyone else believes in you. If I was content about being, you know, um, a New Zealand world champion, I would have never have grown and, and given myself permission to be, you know, a world champion. So you just got to um, set your standards high and not, not just be um, be there to, you know, just take part. Um, something that I've always been able to kind of use as a, I guess, a light to uh, measure how far I can take this is having a teammate like Israel Adesanya. Um, you know, he's always told us the world's never too big and we've literally seen the results at the gym you know he come, comes from the same staple city kickboxing he has the same head coach he does the same trainings we do so that kind of allowed us to kind of realize well if he's doing it why can't we so that's what i'm trying to relate that uh you know especially maori and pi and and anyone anyone from aotearoa new zealand that is that if you want to do this um whatever that passion is hold on to it hold on to that um that dream and and just chase it, keep turning up, and uh, eventually it's all going to work out. Hey, Kai, you, you talk quite a bit about your, your bullying um, situations you were put through as a young kid, and as a father, and I know you're a father, and you're, you're expecting uh, your next baby shortly, so congratulations on that. Um, but as a father, like, when you when you look back, like, any, any advice that you'd be able to give parents out there that are probably going through some situations with their kids, like, it... It, it, it scares me when kids go to the school uh, school these days and the life that they they live now. Like any advice you'd give to parents out there listening, any kids that are struggling, or anything that you would have done differently as that fourteen year old kid or that young kid that was getting bullied. Yeah, I guess I've always used training as like therapy, somewhere to like kind of mm. let it all go and and um, have an outlet. And I guess you just got to find that outlet where you're you're not bottling things up. Um, just being open and honest, having a you know not a good kind of support system around you. I, I've always had that that kind of um, guidance, and uh, 
yeah, just shoulder to lean on when when times get tough because it's hard to do it on your own, you know. Um, but that's what the kind of gym gave for me. Um, people that are there for the same reasons, just to better themselves. And um, yeah, the people kind of just see the violence behind what I do, but there, there's more of a purpose. There's a bigger message that's happening, and um, more more to fight for. Um, and what what I kind of channel when I fight now is tapping into Fakapapa and Chupuna and knowing that you know ancestors for me would have been doing this um so i know that's in me and, and being um that vulnerable kid i didn't know it at the time but you know that everyone has it it's a switch but um you just got to be able to um harness that control your emotions and um yeah just kind of be bigger let, let the universe take care of whatever's happening and um you're not not putting too much um into it but yeah uh definitely always learning being a parent you know learn so much about mm. yourself and about just seeing you you know your your children um grow up but yeah just balancing all of that it's definitely the hardest job in the world but um the most rewarding um and you know why would it be where i am today without my wife that is the glue that puts it all together and um yeah, yeah. we're in a uh, good place yeah, we've got that wonderful support system that's behind us. That that probably doesn't get the accolades that they, they, they deserve for for your success. And I, yeah. I know that's not with you, mate. You, you got so much love for your whanau. Um A question that's you've, you've answered this a few times, but actually, someone's messaged through and saying, "You ask Kaikara France about running into the school bully or the bullies. You know, have you seen them around? And, <laughs> and what was that like for you? Were they scared? Yeah, I did actually. I saw them at. Um... <laughs> pit a pit or subway or something um, like a year or two ago and I didn't recognise him at the time but he was like oh hey bro I don't know if you remember me it's so and so I won't say his name but and um, <laughs> he was like oh been watching your journey bro love love um, supporting you and just want to wish you all the best and in my head I'm like man I should I should knock this guy out right now just to give him a taste of his own medicine but no I just just took it and just, you know, I don't carry these kind of things. I've let it go a long time ago. And, you know, I've, yeah. I've just put effort into other places. But, yeah, it is funny when you when you see them and you just, you, you, you forgive, obviously, but you never forget. Nice, Kai. That's a, sure. that's a fantastic yeah. answer. Kawaiyo, bro. Kawaiyo, who are you today? Who am I? Tell us a bit about yourself, bro. Your whakapapa, the, the, the importance right. of... Who you are as a Māori? Yeah, so um, all my whānau's from um, uh, Waikato Tainui, Ngāti Tūwharitoa, Ngāti uh, Ngāti Kahununu, uh, Te Atiawa, Nauraru, and Ngāti Atahau, Nui a Paparangi. So big whakapapa, uh, big big connections. Um, I've grown up all of my life, mostly in Tamaki, uh, but I always love going back to Hawke's Bay and, and seeing all my whānau down there. Um, Back on our marae, um, we we get to dive back into that in the doco where we went back to Napier and um, just reconnect. I feel like my whole career, I, I've, well, my whole upbringing, um, I, I started at Kohanga, but just wasn't the right time. My parents knew that we I would come back to it when I was ready. Me and my older brother, and um, we focus on our careers and. Um, now it was now it's the right time, especially at my with my son at Kohanga and just reclaiming our culture. I'm, I'm on my Te Reo Waka and and um, just trying to be more immersed and yeah, just um, 
reconnecting because to know where I'm heading, I've got to know where I've come from. And um, e- even in the docker, we met, went over to Tahiti and our tour kind of over there and sharing knowledge, doing seminars and, and um, big connection of, um, you know, Polynesian. And, um, yeah, it was awesome to kind of be on the same waters that our Tupuna would have voyaged from, you know, um, from from over there all the way to Aotearoa. So, um, yeah, it's been exciting kind of uh, diving deeper into, um, yeah, not just the present but the past and to know where we're heading into the future. Mate, I can't wait to watch this TV series and, and get a little inside look to Kaikara France heading back to our home, brother, Hawke's Bay, Natakahununu. It's a, a beautiful spot. And uh, I love hearing that you're, you're diving deep into to your roots, your connections back to your whanau, your ancestors. It's such a good thing. But you've got a big fight coming up in June up against Amir Albazi. How's training going, brother? And, and the injury obviously dampened your Perth trip, so everything's all good? Yeah, so I've had I've got a fight booked June third, um, fighting the number six guy. So, you know, good good opponent, someone that uh, I won't be overlooking. But I feel like I, I've been fighting the higher caliber of fighters. I feel like my experience and um, the guys I've been fighting. You know, I fought these guys that are wrestlers that just want to um, get you to the ground and, and try lay on you. Um, I've be, beaten these guys, so yeah, it's something that we we know the blueprint. And uh, it excites me. I like the challenge, um, you know. And I want to fight the best guys. If I want to make a run at a title, I, I can't just um, avoid these guys. I got to beat them. So um, that's what we're doing. We're about eleven weeks out right now. Um, body's feeling good, even though I wasn't fighting in person. It was awesome to be there, soak up that atmosphere. Three years since you've yeah. been uh, been inside, uh, being back to Australia, this side of the world. So it was just awesome to see how excited people were, how much support we get. It felt like we're in our hometown over there. There's so many Kiwis. So that was just cool to soak it up, do fight week and still be a part of it in some way, being a guest fighter, um, giving love back to the fans and seeing the fighters, you know, make their walkout, seeing how much noise was in that crowd and, and, you know, hearing the whole fans or or the whole crowd sing Land Down Under when Alex walked out, just inspiring. and, And I was like, yeah, I missed this. This is, this is me in a few months. I'm ready to get back in there. So body's feeling good, um, mentally really refreshed and um, ready to get back in there and remind everyone why we're the best in the world. Mate, you've got yeah. massive supporters here too. Uh, Izzy and Kibby for breakfast and everyone that listens. Hey, mate, go well. We um, wish you the best on your journey. Thanks for sharing it with us. Uh, you can catch it on TV New Zealand, of course, uh, where Kai's doing this little docu-series. Mate, thank you very much. Pretty proud of you, brother. Love the way that you get up on that stage and and uh, let everyone know where you come from, especially um, your temple would be, be crowd of, uh, proud of you as well. So go well, mate. Talk soon. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you for your time today. All the best. Awesome. Kai Cutter yeah, France. Thanks, Kai. Legend. Oh. Is he? This is how you do it. Quizzy that can play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that can play it. Quizzes on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. T.A.B. with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they can play it. 
Quizzy, they come play it. 0800-150-811. Now give us a call. Yes, welcome back. Time to rip into Quizzy Dag for your Thursday morning $50 TAB bonus bet. Coming up, up for grabs. We're going to rip straight into it. And we're going to head to Lammy in the beautiful Palmy North. Oh. Lammy, good morning oh. to you, buddy. Good morning, Lizzie. How are you today? Good. Oh, very Good. polite. Very polite, Lemmy. You're very, very polite. Was that because I was polite oh, to yeah, you? You felt like you had to be polite back? Is that, is that it? <laughs> oh, I have to now because, like I said before, my my cousin's going to give me a hiding of my fussy Oh, Thank you, Cuzzy. Appreciate you having my back. Here we go. Good luck, Lemmy. Question number one. Two-time Olympian Zane Robinson has been banned from long distance running for eight years due to doping. Which two Olympics did he compete in? Oh, God. Um, to be honest, I don't know. So next, thank you anyway, guys. <laughs> oh, good, Lemmy. Yeah, cracker. You can have a guess, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Have a good day, mate. Brenton from Auckland. How you doing, butter? I'm good, brother. Size nine. Awesome. Awesome. Size nine. I don't have to ask anymore, Bryce. Remember yesterday? Well, there you go. Well done, mate. I hope you enjoy those brand new pair of Adidas ZG23s coming your way. Two-time Olympian Zay Robertson has been banned from long distance running for eight years due to doping. Which two Olympics did he compete in? I don't know. Maybe cover guest. I mean, um, a clue. Kimber? Um, great surfing and great Next guy. Great food. Great surfing oh, and great intro. food. So Rio movie. I'll go. I don't know. 2012 and 2016. Oh, we got one. No, other incorrect. Sorry, brother. Have a good day. We're gonna go to Tim from Christchurch. Morning, Tim. How you going? Good, thank uh, you, Timmy. I think, I think, I think it was, it was 08 and 012. Oh, sorry, 08 and 12. 08 and 12 is incorrect. Sorry, mate. Tim, have a good day. Brett from Huntley. Tim, my cousin. Uh, 12 and 16. Good morning. 12 and uh, 16 is in. Well, you said 12 it. 12 and 12. Oh no, you can take it then, my cousin. Alright then. La la la. La 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 la. Are you la, you la, la, la. Holding a grudge? <laughs> I am holding a grudge. Get out of here, you chiefs. <laughs> 12 and 16 is incorrect. Here we go, Ed. You got the answer, Ed? Nope, but I'll guess 16 and 20. <laughs> You're the ah! best, Ed. <laughs> What'd you say? 16 and 20. 16 and 20 is correct. Well done. Well Thank done. You, Question number two. Who is David Light's... What is David Light's boxing record? 20 no. 20 and 0. There you go. Question number three. Imperatrix lines up in the group one. William Reed sprint at Mooney Valley tomorrow night. She's not the only Kiwi mare in the race, though. Name one of the other two Kiwi-owned horses, mares to feature. Good question. I can't. I'm sorry, Izzy. All good. Oh, all good. All good, Ed. 0800 Take on the Quizmaster. Give us a call. There's plenty of phone lines open for you. Mark from Tauranga. Hey, boys, I'm out. No idea. 
All good. See you later, Bucky. We'll see you. We'll hear from you in the next hour, mate. Appreciate it. Simon from Auckland. How you going? Good, thank you. Very, very good. All right. Named one of the two horses that will line up with Imperatrice tomorrow night. Uh, Babylon Berlin. Babylon Berlin is correct. And Rockin' Horse is the other one. Would have got you through. Question number four. And what year did Scott Robinson gain Crusaders head coaching role from Todd Blackadder? Um, any clue on any clue? There's that many of them in a league team. An elite team. Um, Three, shit. two, one. Uh, Come on, two, need something. Seven, quick, 17, quick. 2017 17. 17 is correct with the Google. You didn't Google it? Oh, I trust you. Trust no, you. no, I was just thinking whether it's 13 or 17. Of well, 17 think quicker, please. <laughs> We're on a time frame here. <laughs> Question number five. Japan have edged out the USA to win the World Baseball Classic. How many times have they won this now? Three, two, one. Three. See you later. <laughs> so it's a big good morning to you, Louis, and there's plenty going on. You would have casted your eye over this and, and had your preferred candidates to go along with Razor. You would have been thinking about this for a very, very long time. Who are they? Yeah, well, I think the the biggest ticket should be Ronan O'Gara, no matter what. And I'd almost pay what you have to to get him, to be honest. I think yeah. if they don't choose, if they don't take Ronan O'Gara on some passport situation, it'll be an embarrassment. And I'm not saying that will happen, but I. What do you guys think about that? Like, I, I think he's the the first draft pick, and quite easily. I think some overseas influence. When we've seen that New Zealand rugby is behind the international eight ball now, and actually rugby in this part of the world is no longer the pinnacle of rugby. You know, is he in your your era? The North, and you spoke about it yesterday. The Six Nations were still catching up. They were playing a very dour style. That's not the case anymore. I think there's a lot we can learn yeah. from the North. So I think and I think influence out of the Northern Hemisphere is actually imperative. And I'd be looking, so yes, not international experience, but I think Northern Hemisphere influence, I think somebody, I don't think we can take a bunch of Super Rugby coaches, put them with Razor and expect to be able to progress and innovate. I actually think we need Northern Hemisphere influence. What do you guys make of that? Yeah, look, I, I hear what you're saying for sure because Ronan came down came down here because he wanted to see what this was like down down under, and we get a lot of IP coming from the north down, and then they take that up the north, and you've seen the way that they've been playing now. Their set piece has always been solid. That's where they've excelled over the last years, many years, and they've always been been great there. But the ability to move the ball around and actually play some exciting brand of rugby and run the ball was always the Achilles' heel. Well, they've come down here. They've taken away all these little bits, all little tippets here and there, and they've taken them back up north. And now they've got the complete game. So I, I totally agree. I think the north has so much to offer for us. Whether NZRU will have the big kahunas to change it, because we're still at, at a situation now where players can't play overseas and come back play for the All Blacks. So whether that and well would want a person from the north to come down, oh, I have no problems with it. I think I could see it. Uh, Change happening, I can see something happen, but just man, we're still stuck in that that old uh, that old time. You know, maybe new appointment might change that.